hands off parenting. It's just hands off parenting. Put that down, don't touch that, stop it. Where's the line? Hello. Okay, I think we're rolling. Hello. Hi. Oh, hi. How are you? Hello. I'm great. <laughs> Welcome to Hands Off Parents. I'm Abby. Hi, and I'm Dennis, not Stephanie. Is that going to be your new name, Dennis, yeah, not Dennis Stephanie? Dennis, not Stephanie. That's what I'm going to do every time. I don't know how to shorten that. Mm, mm. I just might go by Stephanie from now on. Yeah, I'm just going to call you Stephanie. Do people okay. really, you think anybody's going to even notice the difference? Or we sound so much alike. <laughs> you, do, you look alike. You sound alike. People have always said we look alike. <laughs> yeah. How Mainly are you? when she was pregnant. <laughs> Especially when she, <laughs> Especially when no, she was pregnant. Stop. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah. Well, you know. I'm glad you're back. Great this week. You're good this week. <laughs> Today. Today. One day at a time. Yes. Good. Well, that's good. Yes. Um, I'm doing okay. You can't really help me with this problem, but I wanted to share it with you. Okay. My son, Jack, I'm just going to say his name, has peed in the bed every night for the past week. Oh. Um, and I don't know what to do about it, except at first I was really, like, supportive and, like, it's okay. And then I was like, that's not this working. Now, then I, I, but I don't want to, like, shame him and sick. But I finally was like, I think you need to get back in a pull-up or, a di- I mean, not a diaper, but, like, a pull-up because... Well, I wonder, I mean, there has to be a reason, right? There I has mean, to be, right? I feel like I saw something recently where they were talking about maybe something happening at school or something that you know i don't know it's like a that's why yeah. like a psychological thing right yeah are you making sure that he's not drinking liquid you know too late at night and i stuff think like that? so unless he's like sneaking in the because sometimes i do that well i mean listen <laughs> I, at the age of 46 i can't have a liquid after eight o'clock no i or i'm up all night it doesn't even make sense i yeah. sometimes i go to the bathroom three times at night exactly right i will take a tiny sip of water to take my pills at night yeah and still have to get up if i'm not careful so bizarre yeah well, Getting it's old. age <laughs> um not i don't have a segue not an old person is here <laughs> exactly <laughs> thank you i think you are much younger i think you're younger we, i am yeah. yes yeah. yes this is Roxanne Werner, who is joining us today. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm I, so excited to be here. I am so excited you're here. So, um, Roxanne and I uh, both have kids at the same uh, daycare, um, but you only have the one, and he is the cutest kid ever. Oh, thank you. Ever. You know, fun story, we just got him out of nighttime pull-ups because he was using it clearly as a crutch. Really? Um, yeah. And that's how we, when we potty trained him, I was just like, I think you can do this. And I just stopped putting a diaper on him and that's what worked. Yeah. And so like, I, like we were telling him like, you can't pee. And he was like, I have a pull up. So then we were like, all right, fine. And we just took it off and it worked. That's why I, that's why I'm like sort of hesitant to start this back up again because I like, I, it is, it's like a crutch and you can just pee in it. Yeah. How long has he been without the pull ups? At least, uh, I'm going to say at least Maybe a year? I mean, Oh, then yeah, there's something we, else going Something on. else we, is going we, on. We did it bad. We just left the pull-up on because I'm lazy and I didn't want to deal with it. He, I left it on for a while. Like, Levi never had a nighttime pull-up, but he would just, like, rub it in Jack's face and be like, I don't have a pull-up on, Mommy. <laughs> and Jack always, like, and then he started feeling bad, so I was like, let's do this. You can do this. And he, like, got really proud of himself. And this is just, like, a really random new occurrence. Is he sleeping hard? Maybe he's, like, just sleeping through it. That's what I think. Like this morning, at but then like he wakes up at five thirty and is like, "Mom, I peed." I'm like, just sleeping at this point because I'm <laughs> <laughs> right. 
night. The other night I changed twice. Really? Twice oh, he peed. Wow. Yeah, it's got to be something's going on. There's here. something else. Yeah. There has to be. I'm going to have to Google that later. Okay. So I'll do some research and let Take you know. Take care of this for me. Right? <laughs> so, Roxanne, we asked you to come on today because your story, you have, like, aside from being a mom of an adorable child who's lovely, um, you have fostered a... A little girl and I wanted and you were willing to share the story with us and um because Dennis has some experience with it I mean very different stories um but I thought maybe you would share some of this with us and our listeners because I think it's we've had another couple who fostered um Jay and Joe but they fostered and they adopted and it was real their story they had some similarities but but pretty different as well Great. Well, I'm glad that you had at least a really happy ending in the background because, yeah. you know, that's always nice. Um, I know. And <laughs> well, I was just yeah. saying to Dennis, like, we need an uplifting story, and this is probably not it. Yeah. it it's And it's not, but I, in the, you know, in the last few months, too, it's, it's helped me do a lot of, like, it gives you a lot of perspective. Okay. You know? so that's good. I think even though there's a happy ending for other people, not yeah. me, yeah. and a lot, you know, a lot of perspective and soul-searching for me. Yeah. Well, what made you want to foster in the first place i mean besides the store itself was this something you guys had planned on doing or is this something that just happened in your life yeah so that's a great question um my husband is actually adopted and there's a lot of adoption in his family um i don't particularly think from foster care necessarily um but you know we when we decided to have the first kid which at the time i was only one um we kind of said like okay well you know if it takes us a little while we'll just adopt not a big deal and Mm -hmm. i got pregnant and we had oliver um, and then we decided to have another one. Um, we just kind of, I don't know, kind of knowing that there were so many kids in foster care that needed a home. Yeah. And um, we went back and forth with the question, do we want a second kid, right? That is a hard sure, question yeah. to answer. Yeah. Um, but when I kind of flipped it and said, like, okay, but if there's a kid that needs a home, can we be a home and a family? That answer was like, oh, yes, we can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really helped us, that, you know, so we went, went in kind of wanting to, to be that home and be a family for somebody. Certainly. That's yeah. great. No, I mean, it's I understand amazing. That. I love yeah. it. So, but you wanted a baby. We wanted a baby largely because, um, so my, like I said, my son is four. So, you know, they typically recommend that if you have a child, you get a, a child that's younger. Um, and then also, I mean, I love babies. I'm not quite sure how to, you know, I feel like I'm not as good with older kids. But I'm sure once my kid gets older, I will yeah. feel differently. Um, Hopefully. Yeah. And so we were actually open <laughs> to zero to two. So, and when I, when I said that, when we set the zero to two range, they said, well, you're probably going to end up with a newborn. But okay. Really? So, yeah. That's what they told us. Because so. I thought. Getting a newborn was like the hardest thing ever, but you're saying it's harder to get one that's a little bit older? I think, so one thing too is it's very different if you go the private adoption route and that you will wait for a long time for a a newborn. Um, And above that kind of newborn range, there's a lot of sibling groups. So that's kind of what they told me too, that if there was a two-year-old, they may also have older siblings. Um, and so the kind of the same thing, we just, we weren't, we didn't, I didn't think we were ready to take on multiple kids at one time. Yeah. That's yeah. scary. Now, so did you, one of the interesting things for me when I fostered was that because I was technically a family member, I didn't have to go through any classes or anything. Did they, did you oh, go through those? Oh, we did so many things. So I, we did, I mean, great. I was like, I, I, it is, it is. thing I would like to have done. It is great. There was a moment that, there's a, a great, and there's some of it that was like, well, gee, this is excessive. Um, and it took us, so we submitted our application in a February and got open for placement at the very beginning of July. So that whole time between then we were doing, um, we did a month's worth of classes every Tuesday and Thursday. 
night. Um, was on like, your own, like not, not, it's not subsidized or like, Oh, you're going to do it. Here's an incentive to do these there's classes. There's no incentive. Okay. Um, you have to do them to foster. Yeah. Um, okay. they That's were, the, the, the classes yeah. were free with the exception of CPR, which we paid, um, pretty minimal for. And then anyone who watches the baby for more than like two hours has to be certified. So, okay. um, we got uh, a couple other people, my mother-in-law, my sister, took CPR with us. Um, we also did a home study, which involves someone coming out to our house twice and asking us every question under the sun. Um, we also had to get a TB test, which uh, sounds... A tuberculosis test? Yep. Really? Interesting. Um, which, you didn't have to do that. Um, I didn't have to do any of this. Which is actually even... Uh, uh, so there were a lot of... When I, when I went through this, there was a lot of things that sounded complicated and maybe weren't, and then things that were like 10 times more complicated than I thought. And a TB test... If you've never had one, um, you go in and you get one and they prick your arm and then you have to go back more than two days later, but not more than three days later. And okay. then they read the test to make sure you don't have tuberculosis. Um, we also had to get physicals or a note from our doctor. Luckily, I had recently had one that said we were like fit to, um, you know, to be a foster parent. Right. And we also had to get uh, a fire inspection on our house. Um, so I had to go down to the, the Houston, the city permitting office, yeah. get a fire marshal to come out. The actual inspection was like really not that bad, but it was like figuring out how to schedule one was kind of complicated. It seems like they make it very, um, unattractive to want to do this. It's, it's so hard. Like, it's, um, you know, and at the end, so at the end of all this, I ended up calling my, um, state representative and kind of walking her through several ideas that I had, but also my experience. That was one of the, she was like, it is really crazy that it took you that long. It was that hard. And yeah. certainly you don't want like just anybody to be a foster parent, right. but at the same time yeah. you, you want it to be approachable for people. Yeah. Well, but that's sort of what scares me about my experience then, because, um, I had two home visits and that was it before or after before. Okay. I, I hadn't even met him in person at that point. Uh, I knew he was coming, uh, but I had two home visits. I didn't take any tests. I didn't have to submit anything other than my income to prove that I could afford him. But because he was technically family, which only meant that, you know, somebody in my family had given birth to a kid that I mm -hmm. had to take care of, right? Yeah. Or that I was going to take care of. Uh, but that's it. There was no other preparation. And... I, there's got to be a happy middle ground between yeah, too absolutely. much and because yeah. it honestly is scary. It just means that anybody that is family can, that has some link, has some link yeah. and can take care of a, you know, foster kid, which is scary. But then on the flip side, like you hear all these horror stories about foster parents who are, you know, abusing and they're just doing it for the money and yeah. there's foster mills and all this kind of stuff. But how do they go through all of this crap? I, wonder that if, you I would... always wonder if they, a lot of those are family. That's what and, I'm and, wondering. And get, sometimes distant family and, um, they don't go through as many. Yeah. And I, I definitely have to say to you going into it, like you do get a subsidy, but like it, you, I mean, it's not enough to like totally make it. I mean, I think well, they've changed it in the past. Well, there's the difference. Years. You don't like, get one as a family member. Correct. You don't. No, no. So you got nothing. No. And also I think, um, when Joe and Jay were on the show, they said that their kid, but it might be because they've adopted them. 
um, they get free college for this. Yes, yeah, if they've life. been in the foster system, yeah. they get free because you know Blue could go if he. Would so he just, could get he could. okay. Any any kid that's been in the foster care system for any amount of time gets free public tuition in Texas, which is great. That is yeah. the one thing that I cannot believe about Texas that is good. Yeah, unfortunately, the, the, percentage, else the, percentage, the percentage of kids that actually go is very very small. So it, there's sort of a gap, and I don't know if it's a lack of knowledge or obvi- I mean, obviously these kids are really fighting a lot of odds. So yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I think they go through that system and at least with blue, if he'd continued the way he was continuing uh, going without me, um, I just don't know that he would be motivated. I mean, you know, these, the homes that I've seen him in, the residential treatment facilities, some of the foster families that he were, he was with, I just don't know that the motivation would be there. And I do think that some of these families, the, the moment those kids turn 18, the checks stop coming. Those kids are on their own. They're like, mm-hmm. up. Which yeah. is a little scary. Yeah. But, I mean, even his story, and not, and then we, I definitely yeah. want to hear your story, but, like, even his story, I mean, he wasn't bounced around to different family members, right? No, he was bounced around to different families. But he it had no seems family like member. some of these families were pretty effed up. Yeah. Hard Quite a few. The, right. right before he came to me, he was in a, uh, a home that were with... Uh, I think there were five or six other kids. They were in rooms with bunk beds. They were eating nothing but chicken and rice for most meals. I mean, you know, and this was a lady here in Houston that was keeping him before he came to my house, and it was sort of shocking. Yeah, that that but that they making, come and do house checks, yeah. and it's like that seems fine yeah. to me. Yeah. But your house, like, but let me check your house twice or whatever, so three times or yes. whatever. Yeah. Like you are a pretty. Upstanding. Did you feel intimidated like after all of this process? And yeah. Think, oh, yes. oh, yeah. I want, and, and not even just the process to get um, certified as a foster parent. Once we had a placement, it was a lot of work. It honestly. was. It was. I hate to, I hate to say that because I don't want to discourage anyone yeah. from doing it, but it really was intense. Yeah. So what happened? So you said we want this baby by July, you guys, or so, you said you want a zero to two by yeah, July. So you July were, we were open for placement. And when you're, once you're open for placement, you can get a call at any point in time. Um, and they told us, they said, once it happens, it will happen pretty quickly. Um, and so we waited and we waited and, um, you know, right at first you think, oh, it's going to happen like any day now. And yeah. then it, it didn't, it took a few months and we actually got a phone call. Um, we were at a holiday party and we got a phone call to pick a baby up the next day from the hospital. And we like rushed home from the, this party. So we got to get our lives in order. Yeah. Um, and then on the way home, they actually called and were like, oh, sorry, there was actually a family. This baby has a sibling. They've been adopted. And. Um, so, you know, can't like 86 set and we're, Oh, okay. Um, so then probably about three weeks later, um, I was at work and I got a phone call and they kind of said, Hey, there is a baby. Um, she's being discharged today. So if you got, you know, if, if this happens, it would be today. And, um, then you kind of, they give you a minute to like decide whether you're, you want to say yes or no to a phone call. Like a minute? Uh, yeah. But, and they, <laughs> like, I mean, you ask her like how long and they're like, well, the quicker, the better. Yeah. And so I call, you know, I called my husband and I was like, Hey, like, this is it, like code red. And, you know, we've got the, you know, and so we called back and we said, of course, you know. Um, and then at three o'clock in the afternoon, we got the confirmation call that said, hey, um, the judge chose you guys. Um, we'll, you know, we'll be getting together with more details. And then at seven o'clock, CPS delivered a teeny tiny baby on our doorstep. They just brought oh, her over. Yes, wow. they just brought her over. Um, and I was at work and literally in a meeting. And so I got up and left. And um, I had some great coworkers who sent us um, an Amazon Prime delivery thank god for amazon <laughs> in the two hour like right. diapers and because 
we had some stuff ready, but because zero to two is a big range, right? Yeah. So we had like a crib and we had some baby stuff, but I didn't have like formula. I had like two bottles, like just in case I didn't yeah. have, you know, I didn't have a lot of stuff. And so clothes, um, like how would you know what yes. size? And so luckily in this part is similar to being pregnant. We had like family members on like assigned tasks for oh. like when it was go. So like my sister got off of work, headed to Target, picked up the baby clothes, came to the house. Oh, that's nice. That's <laughs> um, nice. My mother in law yeah. drove in from the woodlands. Um, and so, but what was funny, we, there's like this joke that the Amazon people made it to the house before the baby did. Yes. Um, and this kind of thing that my son will grow up thinking that you can get anything from groceries to babies delivered <laughs> right to your front door. It's great. Prime app like you baby. Never, you never know what the future brings. Actually, that will be frightening and probably will happen. Probably. It probably will happen. Yeah. We're getting there. Cyborg babies. Um, and so she, you know, she drops us off. She went around the house, took pictures of the room, the living room, kind of made sure everything was okay, handed me a humongous stack of paperwork. Um, told me the baby had a doctor's appointment the next day, and then she left. And then, wow. then there was um, there was a baby, and it was it was wild, right? Like and, two days old. Um, yes, yeah. I think I think she might have been four days, okay. but yes. And she was very little; she was six pounds, one ounce. When they brought her to us, um, and uh, you know, so there's like this moment of flurry where we're all yeah. holding her and taking pictures and like FaceTiming my dad, and and then it kind of settles down, and there's this like, okay, well we're this is the first night home with a newborn, like yeah. just like, you know, and, um, we put her in a little bassinet in our room and she woke up every couple hours like they do. Yeah. Um, I will say huge difference in having a newborn delivered to you and delivering it. Because oh yeah. It was, that must be much nicer. I woke up the next morning and I was like, I feel a little tired, but mostly fine. Is this what it's like to be a man? This is amazing. <laughs> right. You guys get it so easy. Hey, so just to clarify though. Okay. So I know, so you're fostering with the intent Yes, to adopt. Absolutely. Okay. And um, that's the whole point in foster in, in the way you approach the foster. Yeah, and, and they and they kind of do break foster parents into almost two groups. Like mm-hmm. there are a lot of short term parents who will take kids who, you know, maybe you need a home potentially for a week or a month, um, and they, you know, get kids pretty frequently and then there are families like mine who say, like, hey, we want um, a case where it's more likely to adopt. So yeah. uh, you know, definitely by doing it this way. Um, we were opening ourselves up to that possibility, but, um, in training, we did learn when, um, CPS removes a kid from a home, 70% of the time they do not go back. Um, okay. and so okay. I think a lot of times, so they do end up with family. Um, in our case, we knew enough about the case to, to where it seemed, um, like it could be a long-term potential. Um, so yeah, so we were doing it with the intent, but okay. there's never a guarantee. I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could foster a kid. Just at, for a limited time. I, I feel like I would get too connected to the, or, you know, not want to send it back. It. Yeah. Not want to send him or her back. Well, with what I know now, I think if I had the the uh, financial ability and the, the stability in my life to foster older kids, I would. But I, I would be way too attached to a baby. Yeah. So, and which, I, you know, the story continues. But, yeah. And yeah. I mean, I've talked to foster parents who have... Um, fostered a lot of children. I'm, I'm like, you could have, you could have got an expert, but here yeah. I am. Um, yeah. and, um, I think some of them you do get kind of attached to, but I think in a way too, because there's a, a lot of, a lot of times people get to know the birth family. Yeah. And so there, there are times where maybe the parents are struggling, um, and they're able to get, um, reunited with them and you kind of feel part of that journey. And it's definitely, I think a mixed bag. I don't think there's any part of it that doesn't involve a little bit of heartbreak for a foster parent when when the kid leaves your home. Um, But I definitely think that 
people have been able to find a lot of joy in being able to reunite families too. Yeah, that makes sense. That's very selfless, yeah. which I don't know much. It of. is very selfless. <laughs> I mean, I don't need. I I always say that too. I don't know how people do it with like you know you know over a lifetime of kids over and over. That's intense. Yeah, it's that's a lot. Very intense for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you got this little baby. So we got the baby. Um, we took her to the doctor the next day, um, at, at a clinic and cause she, they already had that appointment scheduled. Um, it's typical when you receive a foster placement to take them to the doctor within 72 hours because she had been discharged from the hospital. I don't think she needed to, but I didn't have time to ask yeah. that question. So we just, we took her, um, and really she was all things considered. She was doing really well. Um, so did you know, or did you have any information about her mother and what happened? We had a little bit of information. Um, we had her hospital discharge papers and there was like a whole paragraph of what led up to them calling CPS. So we had a little Uh, bit of background from that, although not much. Um, and so what eventually happened is I switched her to the um, the pediatrician's office that my son goes to because just, we love them. We've had a great experience there. Um, and when I took her in there, they, they kind of decoded that for me because there's a lot of doctors speak in there and, um, or things I wouldn't have known to pay attention to. Um, some things that, um, you know, we just, there, there weren't a lot, there wasn't a lot of information, but there was some. Yeah. Um, and so we, we did know she had, um, been born with some drugs in her system and, um, was, but she wasn't showing any withdrawal symptoms. Um, and as far as I could tell the whole time we had her, she didn't really show any response to that, which is really good. Um, yeah. And so she did have, um, she was about five weeks old. She developed RSV, so she had a little upper respiratory virus. Okay. Um, and I took her into the doctor, and the doctor said, hey, just as a precaution, I think we should take her to the ER cause so they can give her an oxygen treatment and just, um, you know, make sure she's okay. And um, we took her in. They gave her the oxygen. We took her home, and the next morning she still wasn't breathing well, so we took her back, and they um, they checked her in. And that was one of those things, too, where it – it may have been kind of like because a combination, right? Um, but right. maybe exacerbated by her like medical history. But you didn't know that, like they didn't call you on the phone when they said, "Oh, we've got this baby." By the way, so when it they might when, have, yeah. When you get when you get the call, they can give you any kind of varying information. They usually know the key reason why that they're being removed, and they'll usually tell you that. And they may tell you other things, like if they have siblings, have family members been contacted. Um, what they like, does the, does the, you know, kind of the whole scenario. And sometimes they have more or less information. So in our case, we did know she had two siblings that were with a family member and that family member couldn't take any more kids. Okay. So what other circumstances beyond that, we didn't know. But to us, that signaled like, okay, they've checked with the family that, you know, isn't going to, that path isn't going to work. So that's part of why we felt like it was, um, a low risk to us, um, to take, take that in. And then of course you have all these kind of emotions because then you know like well there's a family out there and can we talk to them and can we tell them she's okay and that we love her and we're so happy she's here and she's being taken care of because if that because clearly if they had other two kids they they did care yeah um and we wanted them to know she was safe and so um eventually we we found them but um so we had her for a few months and we kind of just full, I mean, we went full in, right? Because we, because we were hoping to adopt. So totally. we told, we told Oliver from day one, like, Hey, this is your little sister. And he was like the best big brother. He was just obsessed with her. Like he loves babies and he like wanted to hold her. And if she was like napping and he hadn't seen her in a minute, he'd be like, where's my baby? And would like go find her. And we'd have to be like, please do not wake her up. Right. But like, he would be, 
you know, That's like, or yeah. you could tell me things. Like, she wants her blanket. And I was, I was like, I'm not sure you, you know that, but okay, yeah, <laughs> get, go get her blanket. Um, she was very, very sweet little girl. She was a sweet little girl. I would girl. see her at daycare. Yeah. And the boys talked about her all the time. Yeah. Um, and some of his friends still do, which is wild. Yeah. Um, and he still does, of course. But, um, so we had, we, so we'd had her for, I guess, almost three months. And we got a phone call from CPS and they were like, hey, um, so we have family members and they're requesting, um, the baby and they've put in, um, they're working on a home study. And so you probably have two weeks max. Oh my gosh. And we just, I mean, we were heartbroken and we didn't yeah, know what to do and we didn't know any of the circumstances and like, who is this family? Are they, are they good family? Are yeah. they, you know, the aforementioned not so great family? Yeah. Are they, I mean, what, what's, what, what is happening? Um, I mean, you know, we were, we were devastated. You know, what do we do? We were just, you know, we just, we were devastated. And then, um, you know, it's a lot to take care of a baby. Um, so there was this kind of whole, like, we've just sacrificed everything. Like, yeah. And those, those first three months are like the worst. The hardest. The worst. And we both, um, my husband and I both work full time. So even that, like my mother-in-law stayed with us for the first six weeks because you can't put a baby in daycare until they're fully vaccinated. And then once there, we were actually paying out of pocket to send her to the same daycare that Oliver goes to. Um, and then we were, you know, dealing with, um, when she was in the hospital, we stayed with her around the clock. I mean, Gabe and I were, of one of us were there with her yeah. all the time. Like it wasn't, sure. she was our baby. It wasn't yeah. like we were just like, yeah. okay, well here, Texas children, take care of this baby. We'll see you in a few days. Yeah. At least, yeah. I mean, one of us stayed, you know, day and night with her the whole time. So, um, well, yeah, we were devastated. And then at, this was like a Monday and then uh, the, the following Thursday, right? So we're coming on the end of these two weeks and I called our CPS person. And I was like, Hey, so hadn't heard from you. Was wondering when you were going to come take my baby away. Right. Um, and she said, oh, well, we actually had some issue with the paperwork or something. And now it could be um, 60 to 90 days. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's like a roller coaster. That's a, that's yeah. a real big difference from two weeks. Very and then, yeah. uh, And then you're talking us having a baby for six months that you're then going to move. Take away, yeah. Um, and so... We then go into this really crazy period where it's sometimes more and sometimes less likely, but at this always knowing she's probably going to be leaving and there's nothing we can do. Yeah. Um, and then the whole time too. So I mentioned earlier, it was a little bit intense. So this whole time we're getting monthly visits from CPS um, to the house. We're licensed to Depelchin. So we're getting um, a Depelchin visit to the house. What's they, that? What does that mean? So um, Depelchin is an organization that helps foster parents get licensed and then kind of checks in on the foster parents. Um, they started actually like I want to say a hundred years ago or yeah, something. It's, yeah, it's a, it's as an or the They used to be an orphanage. I mean, when we moved okay. away as a society from like orphanages to foster homes, there's still some organizations that help facilitate getting those foster homes up and licensed. Okay. Um, and so they're a little more of an advocate, I think, for the foster parents. And they were, they were like, when we were getting licensed, if we had a question like, um, hey, who am I supposed to call to get my house inspected by a fire chief? They would be who I could call. Okay. Did you have to go through um, any of that? No, I didn't have to because I didn't have to do anything. But uh, I, that was where I was recommended to because I had actually was looking for the parenting classes in case I needed them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they do a lot. They have a lot of um, mental health services and, yeah. and things like oh, that. That's for, nice. Like basically they have post-adoption support as yes. well. Okay. So they kind of have a, a, a really holistic um view of things. It's kind of weird. I have not really thought about orphanages that they don't exist anymore. Yeah. Like you just picture Annie 
Right. And that doesn't... And she was a foster kid, but you think of her as like an orphan. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's sort of, you know, I mean, if you follow the news at all, you know that the CPS and all the, that system, it, you know, is is in such bad shape. Yes. And there's just mm-hmm. not enough people to take care of these kids. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So um, so we had our depulsion person. They assigned um, the baby a, a CASA, which is a court-appointed special advocate, which is very unusual for a newborn. Um, and honestly, at the end of the day, she was very, very nice, but I don't really think it made not a difference. Yeah. But um, they assigned her. So we would have visits from the CASA, visits from CPS, visits from Depelchin. Holy and cow. then through the five months we had her, she had two parental visits um, where we would bring her to a CPS office and then she would have an hour long visit with her parents. So, um, so her dad was around as well. Yes. Her father. Was right. Around. Okay. Which we were also surprised. Yeah. Um, I think that maybe they didn't identify him from the start due to, um, I'm trying to think of the nice way to say this, but basically they don't identify him. It's a little bit easier to like, not, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, so they, uh, yeah, but she did, she did see both of her parents a couple times. And then as a baby, they have doctor's appointments like out the wall. Yeah. Um, shots right. And... Shots. And just cause she was sick. So it, it was a lot to have to kind of, you know, working full time. You were like, all right, well I, I'm going to work from this day. I'm going to be in or like yeah. at some point we had to be like, okay, which one of us is going to stay home this day? And, um, you know, asking people, can you come after five? Because we're, you know, we're doing this. And then, yeah. um, all of us started playing t-ball. And so we're like working around all of this, right? Cause we do, we have a whole nother kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we're working around all of this and, and that part was really intense. It was, that was way more intense than when, than I thought it would be because, you know, there was a point where you're like, she's like, she's doing great. We're doing good. Like, Kent, is there some way this could be like, how, like, how's a happy medium, you know, where, where is it where I don't necessarily expect them to just be like okay here you go we'll never talk to you again but yeah. also like I mean we're, we're talking between five and eight checkpoints a day across these or no, sorry a month across these organizations wow. like that's a lot it's a lot but even more so I mean I think I would be so resentful that and then like in the back of your head always it's like and you're just gonna freaking take her away yes. like oh, yeah. screw you we I'm went through, not gonna we went go through, through all this. a lot of those and we had one day one month where our cps caseworker was supposed to visit us at nine o'clock we both were like okay we'll work from home and at 10 o'clock she called and said hey i'm not gonna make it we have to reschedule and um gabe my husband was very like that's it we're not gonna talk to her this month like she missed her chance and unfortunately it doesn't work like that like yeah. you yeah. don't have any like you can't be like well you missed your monthly visit sorry then now like they can t- kind of treat us like that. Like we have to jump when they say jump, right. but there is yeah. no, um, and this when we found out about her first parent visit, there was no mention of her parents being involved at all for probably like three months. And then she called us at noon on a, or maybe texted us at noon on a Monday and said, Hey, um, by the way, there's a, a parent visit today at four. So I'll just pick her up from daycare. And I called her and I was like, you need to give me notice of this. Like yeah. she's a baby. Like I, she has stuff at daycare, but you know, a daycare, you pack it in bulk. So yeah. I was like, I don't have any of her stuff packed. I wasn't prepared for this. Like we, you know, and, and that was just it. It was just really like, sorry. Um, wow. And our yeah. whole, and it's unfortunate because really our whole experience with our CPS caseworker was like that. And I hate, I hate to um, talk yeah. bad about Listen, them, my but. experience with the CPS was also very bad. And I, you know, a lot of people were, you know, gave me the excuse that they're, they've just got an overload and they're, you know, yeah. case overload and they're so busy. But, you know, I had somebody stop by the house to bring blue school supplies uh, the first year I had him. And the school supplies and clothes that they brought were for maybe a 10-year-old, and I had a 15-year-old. It's like, do you even know who you're dealing with? And then when he ran away from me the first time, that CPS experience was a joke. 
Really? Like they were very unhelpful. He um, he ran away, but he had actually it was a it was a very bad morning, and he uh, left and apparently got on Facebook and had accused me of beating him. You know, which is you know. So I called CBS immediately, thinking I should get up in front of this. And I said, you know, he's claiming this; it never happened. But I expect you to fully investigate. Here's you know whatever you need from me. Let me know. That was Sunday. I never heard from them again until he was back in my house on Thursday, and they still haven't, didn't address <gasps> any wild. claims. That's wild. Yeah. Uh, that was my experience. So I, I'm not yeah. shocked by so, your experience. Yeah. And we had, I mean, there was, a, there was just, I have like examples after example like that of, of us just like trying to, to do the right thing. And then that, like getting that kind of, um, even court, her, she, it turns out, so they have like, CPS kids have like uh, court dates every so often. It's like kind of scheduled. It's the way it is. When I realized she had a court date, I had to actually call the court and um, ask for the docket because I was not getting a response from our caseworker about when her court date was. Um, but like then if you didn't show up, it's right. bad on you. Right. So it's kind of interesting too. Like I don't actually have to go to the court dates, but I was clearly not getting any information Right. Otherwise, so yeah. it's really as a foster parent in your best interest, but these court hearings are seriously every two or three months, maybe. So you have to pick and choose right. if you can make sure. them all. And if you like, I really felt I, I, I took a day off work to go because I felt like if there was any piece of information, I needed it. And that was the only way I was going to get it. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and so we, we continue to go forward in this process and things like I asked, I actually at one point said, Hey, um, if I give you my email, um, and send you some pictures, like, well, she had me, but I was like, can you give them, them to the family? Can you give the family my contact information and see, like, obviously if they don't want to talk to me, I don't blame them, but if they want, I can send them pictures. I'm happy to do that. Yeah. And she said, oh, sure, sure. And she never did. Sure. Um, and which I found out because after so long of waiting, so we're, now we're in the 60 to 90 day period and it really is tough because some days it really sounds like, Hey, maybe this might work out for us. Like we might keep this baby yeah and then um some days it's clearly not you know and it was like i would do little things i would go clothes shopping because she's growing yeah and she would be like oh okay i need like a one size up but i would know i can't buy her a whole closet of clothes i can only buy her a few pieces in this size right now because i don't know you know what will happen and where she'll be next um and so we um eventually I don't, I, I don't know what to compare it to. It was like a slow torture. Um, but it sounds like one. Yeah. And, and we were getting kind of mixed information from CPS too. They would tell us, oh, we're waiting on fingerprints, waiting on this. And just some of the things didn't make a lot of sense. And so finally I was like, okay, I'm going to track down this family myself. And I kind of knew, I was like, I, I bet I can do it, but it's like Pandora's box, right? You open it, you can't go back. Um, but I was like, we've got to, t- I'm taking this in my own hands. Yeah. So, um, I did some uh, deep dive Facebook stalking. Right. And, um, turns out that the family that has the oldest kid, the oldest two kids at the time, um, lived outside of Beaumont and my dad works in that area and they had, um, we found that the dad in that family and they had, uh, like five mutual friends. And so small world guys, small world. What? And so, um, I was like, okay, so we made, (laughs) we made this plan of attack my dad um, went to th- this man as a car salesman, and so my dad went to his work and was like, "Hi, so I think 
that my daughter has a baby that you know, um, and kind of explain our situation. And, you know, he said you could just see the relief in his face because they didn't know. they It was right. a family that cared, oh, and they yeah. really had no idea. This was the family that said that they just couldn't handle another yes, baby. Yes, they couldn't take okay. another baby. Okay. And so, and actually, the couldn't take, and because you can, that was the phrase they said, couldn't take. And that could go a lot of different ways. Yeah. Sure. What yeah. it actually meant, because we assumed too, we were like, hey, Two kids is a lot of work. Three kids, it's a lot of work. It's expensive. We thought they were maybe older, and they're a little bit older, but not as old as I had originally thought in my head. Um, And the reason, actually, CPS wouldn't give the extra baby to them. For reasons I'm still not entirely clear on something about how they had a pit bull, but, like, the other two kids were fine there. Um, And so the family... Don't they try to keep... They do. It's very the whole, together. The, you oh. you can try. It's a it's real. Yes. It's a real. Yeah. So the family then that was trying to get the baby that we had um, was his brother and and the brother's wife, and they live outside of Dallas, and so they had no um, issues like that. They were just being kind of strung along, like almost on the mirror image of us. And so um, my dad gave him our phone number, sent him several pictures um, of the baby so that they could know she's okay. She's yeah. dead. That was really, yeah, that's yeah, nice. I mean, nice. I, you know, but I, yeah, it's a struggle on all sides, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, right. And we, I mean, you know, we wanted, and there was a part of us too, if I'm being very honest, that hoped if we showed up and said, look, she's doing great, that they would be like, fine, cool, let's exactly. keep her and let's all be friends. Yeah. And we would yeah. all live happily ever after. Yeah. That's yeah. not what happened. Um, spoiler alert. <laughs> so um, we actually then, um, I got this, vi- I had actually, you know, Sunday Funday, I'd had a, maybe a margarita or two, and I got this in my inbox on a Sunday, very lovely email um, from um, the family member that was looking to get custody. And they were like, I know this is so hard for you. Um, and just know, like, while you're going through this, we've, got a nursery set up. We've packed away clothes from her as she's grown, knowing she's outgrown these clothes. So it was, um, it's been coming to terms with a family has been one of the biggest conundrums of my life because, um, in a way I see them as the enemy because they're taking away my quote unquote, my baby, but, um, they're not, I mean, they're not, and they're very nice people. Um, and so that was kind of the, for me in my head, that was probably the big shift of going from like, these people are trying to be mean to me to realizing like they're struggling as well. And I mean, yeah. I don't know if that sounds terrible, but it was, no. you know, it was the way I don't that, think, I think everybody would feel the same I think way. so too. I mean, I certainly would. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like they're, it's a jealousy thing, but also you understand cause you're a, an adult that they're not doing it maliciously, yes. but you still yeah. hate them yeah. for it. And it was, I mean, you hate the situation yeah. and, and when, when we didn't have a lot of information, so I'm slowly basically putting together this puzzle, right? Yeah. Like every step of the way we're like Nancy Drew over here. Like I'm getting mm-hmm. little pieces and figuring things out. And some things were not as we had been told by CPS and some things um, just made a little more sense. Like things are like, this doesn't quite add up now add it up. And so, um, I talked to her on the phone for probably an hour and a half and um, kind of gave her, you know, the whole list of what we, what we had done. And then from that point on, we remained in contact. So while CPS is figuring this thing out, um, you know, and there's and there's part of me, too, where I'm helping them in a way. Like, I'm like, yeah. hey, they're telling us that they don't have the, these fingerprints. And they're like, oh, well, let's call them and figure that out. Right. Um, right. And so they're, they're, that is a real thing, too, because I'm like, 
do I use this to try to like get them or do I, right? you know, do like, I help they them They didn't out? say anything about the fingerprints. Right. right. So, <laughs> um, and then sending pictures and stuff too to make yeah. sure, you know, so, and, and there is a point too where any time where I, I am kind of like, well, if I don't do anything, like if they see her and they realize how cute she is, they're yeah. really going to want her. <laughs> right. But knowing too, if yeah. she leaves that I want that same thing from them, right? Yes. Like I want, you know, they're not all, I mean, they're not obligated anything to me once she leaves, but um, I was I would hope that you know they'd send pictures and they would do the same. So that's what I did, and um, you know as we went through the process, like I said, some some days the way CPS talked, we were like, oh well, maybe there is hope for us, and then some days it was very clear, like no, this is not happening. What is their so what was their relate What's their relation to her? Oh, it's pretty distant. Okay. Um, they are her uh, mom's mom, so her maternal grandmother's sister and her husband have the oldest and then it's the husband's brother and wife that now have the two youngest so it's it's pretty distant but it's um, blood it's not not blood it's no not blood. It's, it's, yeah. it's by marriage yeah. and that's still that has so in texas, precedent. in texas cps will count any kind of relation as family and quite honestly actually they'll count fictive kin as, as like if if something you know, it happened to you guys, and you said, "Hey, we want Roxanne and, and Gabe to take uh, Jack and Levi." They, they would, yeah, I take them. Um, <laughs> they're cute. Um, oh, I really like them. Um, they, we, they, they, we would count as like fictive family. And wow. So, yeah. And so, in that case, I don't know if it would to- like if in my case, I don't know if fictive family would have trumped us. But in Texas, like anything that resembles family trumps a foster parent pretty much. No matter what. Now, if you've had a kid in your custody a long time, you can try to fight it and argue standing that yeah. you've had this relationship. Um, but that kind of can get that can go either way, really. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. That's. I mean, it, that just seems insane to me. It, 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 it kind of can be because I've heard stories from people who have had kids for years, and a family member kind of comes out of the woodworks yeah. and says, "Hey, I want custody of the kids," and then boom, they're gone. Wow. It's, it's and on the yeah. flip side of that, the the other side of my brain is like now understanding we have a history sometimes of taking kids from people for being poor or yes. for not legitimate reasons and yeah. giving them to people who, you know, are maybe outside of their community or yeah. outside of, you know, kind of their culture and calling it a wrap. So, yeah. Or we leave them in detention centers. Right. Or we, you know, give them in, yeah. <laughs> put them in internment camps. Um, but same thing, you go to that question of happy medium. Like, how do we protect kids that do have valid family members or that don't need to be taken away from where they are? Um, with a, And how do we empower foster parents who have given everything to take care of a kid for years and years yeah. and give them some sort of um, ability to advocate for a kid? Like, yeah. I don't I don't know what the happy medium is. That, that is a really tough question. But yeah. um, one of many that I've had coming out of it. Right. So, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, so what ended up happening, so we so we, we got Alyssa um, on December 6th. And they told us at the end of February we had two weeks. And they um, moved her from placement on April 27th from our house. So we had her for about five months. And um, it kind of came to an end when, uh, and again, we, similar to getting her, just every day we didn't know. Some yeah. day, I mean, some days I would literally wake up just like, like nauseous from anxiety, being like, is this the day? Because yeah. um, you never know. And for a while we had such a bad experience with CPS, we were really like, we were, it wasn't out of the realm of possibility that they would just call and be like, we're on our way to get her. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's know, how like, they dropped her off. Exactly. Um, and that's how we had gotten some kind of other things. And so we got a text message, not a phone call, a text message from our caseworker that was like, 
hey guys, so the home study was approved, so I'll be moving Alyssa for placement um, next Friday. So she did give us a week, which is something she we kind of told her, like we would, would like some time, and she said, I'll try to give you a week, and we didn't really believe her, but she came yeah. through on that. Um, and then she said, do you want me to pick her up from daycare or at home? And we were like, pick her up from our house. What yeah. is wrong with you? Like, just you um, drop her off one day and then you never see her yeah. again. Yeah, and Ugh. so I was actually at lunch with a, a co-worker. We were going up this escalator, and I, like, looked at my text message and started to try to articulate what was – I mean, she knew. The girls knew, like, the – you know, what we were – but I could – like, I just started crying. Like, there isn't – you know, like, how – like, I, I didn't know what to say. Yeah. Um, I kind of couldn't believe that she texted it to us. Like, that – I don't know if they need some sort of, like, sensitivity training, but that doesn't seem – I just wonder, I mean, you know, just with what you hear about CPS, do they, do they process so many kids yeah. that they become – I mean, because, I mean, seriously, yeah. surely they have to understand that after five months you have created a bond. Not to mention, I can't even fathom what your prep was for Oliver. Yeah. Um, yes, you have yeah. another kid. I, mean, I think like... that's the whole time you've been talking, I keep thinking about this poor kid who has a sister who he's clearly bonding with. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, and, it, and then for both of them, I mean, she clearly loved him too. And she, um, there wasn't even, and our CPS, she knew how close we were. At one point, she actually told me, she said, it might be worth doing an evaluation and seeing if someone can attest to how attached this baby is to you because this, she seems like she's really bonded with you guys. And there would be like the time we, I took her to a parent visit and she um, cried the whole time and then they brought her out and she saw me and was like, oh, I'm fine. And it was a very, um, and I think too, maybe because of that background, like she did attach to us, yeah. I think a you lot. You got her right away. Yeah. I mean, you were her mom. Um, and so we, and we hadn't, we, like, while we had been preparing ourselves to go, like, we kind of mentioned it to Oliver, but he was so little without a date or anything in mind, it wasn't well, worth course. trying to yeah. explain it to like, him. Like one day your sister's going to disappear. Yeah. And we, we did kind of try and he was just like, okay, what are you guys talking about? Can I have yeah. a cookie? Yeah. And so, um. We had the week's notice, and then probably about three or four days before she was getting ready to leave, we sat him down. And this is the thing, too. Like, kids, it was so sweet. And he didn't mean to break our hearts even more, but he sure did because it was so sweet. And so we explained. We said, um, you know, she's got another family, and they live a little bit far away, and she's going to go live with them now. Mm -hmm. um, and you've been such a great big brother, and we loved having her here, um, and her new family is going to love her, too. And he looked at me, um, and he said, but... I don't want her to go because then I won't have a little sister anymore. Oh. And I said, I know, buddy, but, um, you know, she's, she'll, she can be your friend. She'll always be your friend. And he said, um, well, can't they just come live in my house? <laughs> Which I was like, I was like, oh, what a good solution. Yeah. And I was like, no, right. no, they live, I said, they live far away. And he said, um, then I want to follow her. Aww. And I was like, you know, like now I'm just like crying and I'm like, I can't, buddy. I said, if you, if you follow her, then mommy and daddy won't have anybody and you have to stay here with us. And then he just cried and it was really tough. It must have been so confusing. It was him. so sad. Yeah. And then, um, you know, so we had a couple more days and then the day, um, it was, so it was a Friday and so we took him to daycare and I said, um, so remember, you know, when you, when you come home, she won't be here. So you have to say goodbye and, um. We dropped him off, and then um, they came uh, at 10 o'clock in the morning to get her and didn't bring a car seat. So What? <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. They, um, we, and we, you know, we had packed 
as much stuff as I could fit into I had one of those big plastic tubs and then like a box. And so we were sending clothes and blankets and stuffed animals and um, any leftover diapers that we had and bottles, you know. Um, I mean, we had all the stuff and we wanted, you know, it was hers for our, you know, yeah. purposes. Um, and so um, I had taken, and part of what I was in my head too was like, we should try to get rid of stuff or hide it so that we're not, cause you know, when, how we yeah. have a baby, like your living room is all things baby, like there's baby yes. stuff in the car. And in my head, I was like, it will just be harder if we have to sit here and stare at it. Um, so I went ahead and I had taken the car seat out of my car. And so when she got there, she came in we had to sign paperwork and she was like, so can I take this car seat? So she's like comfortable. And I was like, I guess, I guess so. That's um, like a couple hundred dollars yes, yeah, for a car seat. Yeah. And what, I mean, we're in the case, like someone had given it to us and I was just going to give it away, but you yeah. don't know that. Yeah. She didn't know that. And if we had wanted to continue to foster, like we would have wanted to keep it. I was not like, I was just like, just take it, like take everything, take my baby, take yeah. the car seat, take my heart. Like what else do you want from me? Like just yeah. take everything and go. I think um, I would be like, no. Yeah. Oh, I think a lot of people probably <laughs> And now I'm calling the cops because yeah. it's illegal to have a baby in a right. car without and a car seat. So, um, and we had done everything, like we had fed her, um, and you know, changed her so she was nice and sleepy. And um, meanwhile, like Gabe's out there installing the car seat in her car so she can take her, and we're like saying goodbye. And we pack everything up, and um, I buckle her in, you know, and giving her the last little like, okay, be a good girl. And the caseworker turns around and she's like, I, I perfectly measured bottles, like the water. And I had this little container with the exact amount in it. The clothes were like in a plastic baggie as an outfit. There's diapers, like the whole thing. Like you can't mess it up. It's super simple. And she like turns around and looks at me. And she's like, so should I mix these bottles now or should I wait till she's hungry? And I was like, no, no, you don't mix a formula bottle ahead yeah. of time because they don't stay good for very long. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, That's a little scary. Has this woman never? Yeah. Like, it was, it, and, and it was clear to us that she wasn't exactly good with babies, which is why I had tried to pre measure and pre do everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, that was it. And then they were driving in a four hour car ride, and we just had to kind of hope for the best. But that is where it was great being in contact with the family because we texted and said, hey, um, just so you know, they're on their way. And then we got an alert She's a moron. way later than it should have been. I don't think they got to Dallas until like five o'clock in the evening. Oh, um, wow. um, but that she had made it safely. And, um, you know, ever since then we've been in contact. Um, they send us pictures, they send us updates. That's we've FaceTimed nice. a couple of times. Um, and it's been really good. I, I yeah. don't, it's hard. Like every time I see it, it's hard. It's like, you know, but I can't imagine not seeing it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I could do that. I give you a lot of credit. I feel like I would have to be like, and don't ever talk don't to me. Ever, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I, d- I, d- I yeah, think. Yeah, I, I think I'd have to have a connection. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I could have bonded without it, you know, and at least knowing that she's okay. And, it, no, yeah, yeah, that's knowing a that big she's thing, okay. knowing she's okay. And a lot of times the pictures I'll send, she's in, like, outfits that we sent over, so there's still a little yeah. part of me and. Um, I'm hopeful one day I'd love to meet up with them again so I can see her and, you know, maybe long term, um, I don't know, we'll be like an auntie and an uncle maybe. Yeah. It's not the same. No. It's but... not the same, but I would, I mean, personally, that's the kind of after connection I, I would love yeah. to have if I had that situation. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, it, it does feel like it would be worse not knowing anything. Yeah. Right? So yeah. That would be, yeah. 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 So that would be tough too. Um, so, and we, we, in the last time we faced times a couple weeks ago, I actually was with Oliver. And so he got to see her. Um, and it was cute. He was like, 
let's go see her. Like, can I get on the airplane and go see her? Um, and I don't, like, he just, that's what he equated in his head was she was far away, so we need an airplane. Yeah, um, yeah. And so I don't know. And sometimes he'll see that with other babies. Like, he'll ask about her sometimes. And at first, it was kind of sad, and now it's more matter-of-fact. Like, he'll be like, Mommy, remember when I had a baby sister? Oh. Um, or he'll look at another baby and be like, is that baby's name, you know, her name? And I'll be like, no. Um, and, you know, but he hasn't. Ask. One thing I'm afraid he's going to ask is, like, people with babies. Like, I'm, I've always been afraid that he's going to look at some one of his friends and be like, well, how come they get to keep their baby and yeah, I didn't? Yeah. Luckily, he's never asked that. Um, but some of his friends have asked. I picked him up the other day from daycare, and there was a family leaving. And, you know, they all recognize each other's parents. And the, I heard the little boy ask his mom, um, where's Oliver's baby? And I, I don't think, I mean, people don't know. She was like, I don't know. Like, you know, like kind of, yeah. and, and, and in my, I was just like, that is crazy that they remember that. Um, cause now it has been a few months. Um, yeah, but they, they, they do, they know. Yeah. I mean, the boys, uh, they talk about her. I mean, I don't remember the last time they mentioned it, but they definitely have had asked after the fact, like, yeah. Oh, Oliver's little sister. And he was so, it was, he was so proud of her. Um, when I would pick both of them up, he would make me show her to his friends oh. and he would like get them. He would like yeah. rally people and be like, come look at my baby sister. Yeah. Um, which the other kids were actually pretty cool. Cause they were like hyped about it. He would do that to parents. And I was like, I don't really think everybody is as like excited <laughs> about this as you are. But like he, he made a big deal out of it, you know? So people knew and he was like very excited. So it like, yeah, the other kids know. Well, you yeah. hope that maybe at his age at four that hopefully, it's not a scarring situation, yeah. right? And it sounds to me like you guys as parents are the kind of fostering parents, or you know, fostering is loving, that maybe you've sort of helped him along the way the right way with this. And, and yeah. when he gets old enough, if he has questions, I think, you know, that's one to address it. But hopefully, you know. Yeah, because yeah. you would hate that it's somewhere in the back of his head he's like, Oh, and kids get taken away one day. Yeah, <laughs> which, which is a concern yeah. that um, some people have with kids moving. Like, you know, am I going to stay here? And so that doesn't seem to be anything he's ever asked about. But um, so in, you know, so after that, there's been a lot of like, what do we do next? There's been a lot, like I mentioned, yeah, there's been a lot of questions. searching, right. a lot of, for me too, a lot of like, why did this happen? Like, I don't know if that's not like very like philosophical, yeah. but like, you know, in big things, like, like, like what, like. I have to believe that the universe had some purpose in doing this because yeah. I cannot just sit with like the fact that we had this huge amount of pain and, and, and love for no reason. Um, and one of the things that has come out of that is what both of these kids might, you know, maybe they don't even ever remember it, but, um, a couple of weeks before we, we, um, lost a, uh, the baby, I had, um, a conversation with, um, a director of the Costa in Collins County, which is near Dallas, mm -hmm. totally unrelated to this. It was something I was doing for work. And um, she was in foster care. And she was in foster care for 18 months before she was with a family that eventually adopted her. And she was telling me that she was still really close to the family. They came to her wedding. Oh, wow. Um, she sent some Christmas cards. And that her story and her background is part of what, like, empowered her to go on to advocate for kids and now to lead and in college county 100 percent of kids in foster care have a casa um and by contrast i don't know what the percentage is in harris county but i know families who are desperate for one it can be really hard sometimes to get one mm -hmm. um and so that really helped me get a little bit of perspective of like maybe for both of these kids maybe for oliver and for the baby like maybe they never remember this maybe they do i mean she won't but um, but long term, like maybe there is some part of them that this can teach them about, um, about 
caring for people no matter what yeah. or loving people or foster yeah. care or who knows what. And so maybe, yeah. you know, this didn't turn out like I wanted it to, but God, I hope there is some sort of I like redeeming right. situation yeah. that, you I know, think right. it's all worth it. Um, and then the other thing that I did after I, um, was, um, so I had all, so foster care is a state run organization. Right. And so I had all of these thoughts, right. As I often do about a lot of things, but I was like, I have a lot of opinions about what is wrong and things you could do better. And so I kind of sat down and wrote them all out. And then I contacted my state representative, Jessica Farrar. And I was Uh like, Hey, I have a lot of thoughts. Can I talk? Can I set up some time to talk? And, um, I think she was kind of traveling and stuff. So we, we talked on the phone for probably at least a good hour. She was very, very um, attentive and I laid out all of these kind of things that I had um, thought about and ideas and, and even just telling her my story, kind of like what I, I – a little bit of an abridged version of what I told you guys. And um, she was very receptive and um, took – there were things she learned. And I think, too, mm-hmm. there, there are so many things that I wouldn't have known about the foster care system unless I did it. Yeah, sure. Um, sure. And, you know, prior to going into this, if you would ask, like, do I think the state could do better? I'm like, yeah, sure. Um, but – how how is is a question you don't even know I think mm-hmm. until you yeah. go through it because there are some things um, that like I said are more complicated than what it sounds like and you wouldn't know unless you did it and even things like that like caseworkers like you kind of hear oh they're overworked but having gone through it and understanding what my caseworker albeit I think she could have been a lot better at a lot of things yeah. they're the, on average I think they have like thirty cases each that is way too much they should have less than <gasps> half of that That's and each crazy. and each case can have multiple kids yeah. Um, and so then you're talking like that, where you want to make one point of contact with a kid a month. You, they might have court dates that you have to attend. They might have parent parental visits you have to attend. How on earth are you supposed to do that for 30 cases and actually do work? I care about the kid. And have a life of your own, which is, you know, yeah. What I love about this though, is that you, you took those actions that you spoke to someone that Uh you wrote these thoughts down. I mean, I think that that's so important uh, in trying to fix this problem because, you know, I was this in a similar situation going into this with no knowledge whatsoever. And I learned a lot. I didn't go as, I I didn't do what you did. I wish, well, and I'm still sort of going through my issues, but, um, but that's great. I'm glad that you did that. Now my, my biggest question to you though, and I, I can't even fathom, but are, so where are you at with the foster process now? Are you want, would you do yeah. it again? Yeah. So that that's a big question. We get asked that we obviously asked ourselves. That's what led me. When I couldn't answer it, that's where I was like, well, I'm going to do what I do know, which is yell about politics. Right. right. Um, <laughs> right. And I should say, I didn't yell. I talked nicely. But um, I don't, at this point, I don't know that we are going to do it again. Sure. Um, and it's really soon. I mean, well, I, this, this is... Like just a few months back, yeah. right? And even yeah. that, it feels it doesn't. I mean, it feels like like it's really soon, and like it's been a lifetime yeah, ago sure. at the same time. Sure. Um, and we, I struggled with that question a lot right after. Um, and in two ways, do we do this this again? Do we try to have a baby again? Do we want? And it was weird too because I'm in the unique situation where, so typically when you decide to have another kid, you you give a little bit of time so you forget how crazy it is when you have a newborn. They yes. are very insane. Um, and that is still very fresh. And so the days after when it, we went back to being a family of three, it was really bittersweet because there was a gaping hole. But with that gaping hole, everything seemed quieter and slow. And what, what we would have considered a really rambunctious life trying to take care of a small child, now all of a sudden everything seemed 
fine. Like it's like things that would have been like chaotic were not that chaotic. Like going to t-ball practice twice a week and games and like making him eat, you know, real food and not just chicken nuggets. Like all of those things all of a sudden didn't seem so crazy. They just seemed like, oh, Because you didn't have this tiny, tiny baby. Yeah, because we were doing twice as much and now we weren't. And so, um, it, it was hard. And, um, I, for a while, was like, I don't know. I don't think I can walk away from it. I think we should still try it. And um, my husband was really like, I cannot do this again. Like, straight up was just like, I can't. Um, And so we did end up agreeing to keep our house open for placement. Because you can keep it open for a year without accepting a placement. So right now, we are still, like open technically but we're not accepting placements and I just I don't think that we will and so they're not calling you and saying okay and the other thing too is hard there is that emotional perspective I mean Oliver is four I don't know how many times we can explain you know obviously we would hope if we did it again it it would be a a long-term scenario um but there is that aspect too of like it is hard to explain to an employer like hey I need all this time off and all of these things and then you know, that's just, again, that's just one kid. If Oliver, because Oliver got struck at one point. So then yeah. you have to, you know, if you needed to, you know, so it's, it, if one of us stay at home, it might be a different scenario, but I just, I don't know that we, ha- so the answer is that I don't know that we have the capacity that we'll do it again. Um, I, I think we might end up with the one, one kid situation. Um, and then there's part of me too that feels guilty. I feel like I had, a, you know, like I had, I wanted to do this. I had said we were going to do it. Yeah. Um, Oliver was a great big brother. Um, and so I, I do, I feel a little bit like I didn't, I didn't follow through on this, you know, thing I, I committed to doing. But you don't have to give up yet. I mean, like we're just, it's I would, only there's a couple gotta be months. time to heal from yeah. this. So I this would is have a mourning have, process, I would yeah. think. Um, yeah, I mean, I would definitely, there's gotta be a, definitely time to heal and who knows what the future is going to hold for you. I mean, yeah. you know, and, uh, I, I would think that if I ended up in a situation to where I could open my home to foster kids, even if it was short term, I would consider it, you know, sort of with open arms. I mean, you know, yeah. after I've been through this, but, but, you know, I, I don't see myself in a, in a place, but you know, you never know what the future that's, is. That's the thing right? too is, um, Oliver is only four. He's young. Yeah. And so there is part of me too. that's like, you know, maybe when he is older, maybe in 10 years or 12, maybe we'll work with older kids. I yeah. mean, if, and if he continues like, like a very um like extroverted kid and if his personality continues to be that way like he not just us like he might be very you know adaptable to something like that where we can you know open our homes to older kids when we're older mm-hmm. um and so that is something too i, I wouldn't yeah. i wouldn't say it's not off the table but i i, I don't know that right now in this moment sure. that's something that yeah. yeah um i think anybody would be in that same position yeah well. i think I can't, so. uh, having to go, go through that Ooh. That emotional hell. There's yeah. no way I would consider it anytime soon. <laughs> no, no way. No, I agree. Too. Couldn't do it. Um, I'm so glad that you shared this story with us. Yeah, thank this you. Is, because, this has been great. Yeah, because I think it's it's not one you really think about going into this, and it's not that you're discouraging people from doing this, but just like here's the reality. This happens, and I bet it happens a lot. It it does, and you know we went um we went to a a training to get like recertified, and there was a huge. It was literally a room full of foster parents. And they had us like all go around and kind of tell, and there were people who were foster to adopt that had gotten a placement that went back you know with family. Um, and they were trying again, and then there were people who, there are people who foster to adopt the first time, and it's very smooth, and 
Um, and it's the nature of not just being a foster parent, but being a parent. You set yeah. your eye on things and you think things are going to go one way. Yep. Um, and they don't always. And, um, they the never best, do. They never do. They and never so, do. Um, in the beginning, you know, I definitely was like this big, like, oh, let's, you know, let's change it. Let's talk about it. And I think it's, it is great to talk about it still. Um, and it's, it's great because too, that's how we change a system that is broken and mm-hmm. that needs change. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how we advocate for the kids that are still in that system. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are still thousands of kids in the foster care system. Um, I don't know the latest numbers, but I know in April, they still had 50 kids sleeping in an office. Um, and they, crazy. um, and that, and how do we, you know, and, and, and the kids we're raising, how do we raise them to be compassionate human beings? Yep. Because I feel like this would have been, um, I mean, I don't know Oliver's four. Maybe it's too he's too young for me to give him too much credit. But I feel like he is a good little person, and it's important, you know, to keep to keep, to keep him open to those things and and to raise a good little person. And yeah. there's a, there's a lot like we've been through a lot, and this is um, it's been a real learning experience for us on a lot of levels. Yeah, and, you know. No, it's yeah. awesome. I mean, it's not awesome. It's it's all sad, but it's. I think you you found some silver linings yeah. out of it. Just just assessing your life and and maybe you will be the change. You know, maybe you call Jessica Ferrara and you did it, and she's, <laughs> she's getting into it. this. She's and gonna, you um, never know. Yeah, let's yeah. cross I've, our fingers. Yeah, and you never lights know. Lights and candles. And you, yeah, yeah, things happen great. to you, and you find yourselves in these situations where you're like. I never thought I was going to be the foster advocate person, yeah, but totally. I guess that's where yeah. I'm headed now. Yeah. This is such a great conversation. Thank you for sharing it. And maybe if folks are listening and they have questions, maybe they'll post to our Facebook page at Hands Off Parents and you might, I might tag you and maybe you'll answer some of yes, those questions. Yes, I would love to answer all of the questions. This is also, thank you for giving me a long form space to talk about this because, um, it's hard. It's hard to just be like, I was a foster parent once, and I'm not really anymore, and leave it at that because there's so much more to it. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot to yeah. it. There's a lot, lot of good information for somebody that is looking at. Yeah, definitely. At, you know, fostering. I think. Thank you so much, Dennis. Thank you Thank for you. co-hosting. I've enjoyed it. Yes. <laughs> I've enjoyed it. I can't wait to completely replace Stephanie eventually. <laughs> yes. Um, I do have some ideas on the logo changes and maybe some adaptions to the songs, but I'll. I'll present that next week. Please do in a, in a nice, like, presentation type you know spreadsheet. It. PowerPoint. Yeah, PowerPoint. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. You can follow Hands Off Parents on Twitter at Hands Off Parents, or you can always send us an email at handsoffparents at gmail.com. Or if you look on Facebook, if you're into that thing, you can find us there as well. Hands Off Parents is Steph and Abby. Um, Mail camp.